Well, after that reminder, church, I hope that you are ready for a word from the Lord. If you are ready, why don't you type I'm ready in the comments? Go ahead and do it on Facebook or YouTube. Type I'm ready for a word from the Lord. If you are on Facebook, do me a favor. Go ahead and share this uh, broadcast to people on your feed, on your wall. Facebook is changing, changing its name, changing all kinds of things. But we want to get the word of the Lord out there to populate the Facebook airwaves, so to speak. I believe God is going to speak to you today. Listen, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, let me tell you, before we even get into that, our text today is Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And I mentioned this idea earlier of the now and the next. And it got good to me, and I didn't want to start preaching it right then. So I said, let me push it off. But let me just tell you that I believe God is doing something unique in this reality, in what we are in the middle of. I want you to understand that we have the unique privilege and the unique opportunity to celebrate what God has done, what God is doing and what God will do. The now and the next. What is already and what is not yet. The past, the present and the future. This is a unique opportunity. So many of us many times are either praising God for what we have right now and attempting to hoard it because it is our blessed place. It is our Canaan place. It is our ideal destination. It is the place of divine acceleration. And so we do not want to leave or lose this place. And so we cling to it very tightly. Or we are eagerly anticipating that place. We are eagerly anticipating the next. But very rarely in the course of our kingdom existence will we have an opportunity to celebrate both what has been and what will be and to stand in both. And let me just tell you, that is a unique privilege. There are a couple of things that happen when you have this opportunity. Number one, you get the opportunity to reflect well. You get the opportunity to commemorate. You get the opportunity to celebrate. And let me just say, it is Clergy Appreciation Month. It's actually the last day of Clergy Appreciation Month, and it would be remiss of us not to acknowledge our founding pastors, Pastors Greg and Diane Burns. They have planted this church. They have watered this church. They have toiled over this church. God has given great increase to this church. Can we give them a cyber clap? Come on. Can we give them a virtual applause? Come on. Let's do it. Let's put it in the comments. I want you to type thank you, pastors. Type thank you, pastors in the comments because... It is so important for us to honor and commemorate those who have come before. I honor you, uh, mom and dad. I honor you, OG Pastor Burns. I honor you for what you have done, for how you have served, for how you have loved, for how you have toiled, for how you have sacrificed. All of you, both of you have been just so instrumental in so many of our lives. And so we take this time out to honor what you have done and what you will continue to do in this church as well. So we recognize you. And that's the first thing that we can do. We can reflect and we can commemorate. And that's a discipline. That's an important thing that we must do. But it's also something that is often very difficult for us to do because secondarily, we are anticipating the next, which means that in this time, we can reflect on what was and catch this. God can enlarge our souls for what will be. This is the key. As we're entering into times, this is even my message. <laughs> as we're entering into times of transition, as we're entering into to moments, what happens is transition happens so swiftly that we cannot appreciate what changes, not just in the situation, but what changes in us. 
<laughs> See, this is, the, this is why it's so dangerous for us to pray for premature promotion. Because what happens is we get promoted quickly, but we don't have the capacity to praise God for what we've been promoted to. So we end up, oof, so we end up entering into an enlarged place with a small soul. We end up entering into a place of abundance with a scarcity in our spirit. We begin entering into a place of great prosperity with a low measure of gratitude. And then we get shocked why we can't fully appreciate what we stepped into because we knew it was God or we at least thought it was God. We were so sure that God was going to promote, that God was going to do what the prophet or the prophetess told us that God was going to do in our lives before the end of the year. And we enter into it. But our soul is so small and our spirit is so scarce and our gratitude is so low that we cannot appreciate what God what God is doing on the inside of us. So praise God for the gradual transition. Praise God for the slow and the steady expansion. You don't believe me. This is not even my message and I'm probably going to end up preaching it. I'm so sorry. You might have to close out Matthew chapter eight, but catch this. David gets anointed by the prophet. The prophet Samuel comes to David's house. He comes to the house of David's father, Jesse, and he acknowledges all of the sons, gets to David at the end. David gets anointed, but David doesn't get to step into the prosperity of the promotion that he was anointed for until much later in the text, until over a decade later before he had the opportunity to walk in what God had called for him to walk in before he had the opportunity to step into his next. And here's what happens. Many of us look down upon that. Many of us look at that and say, why do, why does that have to take so long? I'm ready right now. I'm ready in this moment. And you must be careful because it is dangerous to request a premature promotion. God knows the times that are right and the time it takes to expand and enlarge a soul. See, some of you have been so discouraged You've been so discouraged because you've been in the same space for a long period of time, not recognizing that it's a space for you to embrace, that it's a place for you to sit in, that it's a place for you to abide in. Why? Because what God is doing in transition seasons is giving you an opportunity to reflect. L let me go ahead and go there because I think this is just so important. We in the church are bad at reflection. We are bad at introspection. We are bad at commemoration. We are bad at contemplation. Why? Because we have bought into, it's not a deficiency in our faith. It's a deficiency in the way our faith is deployed in the Western context. See, in the Western context, what happens is you're thinking about your next so much that you cannot reflect on what God has done. And here's the, here's the real trick. Even as you think about your next, you can't reflect properly because or you can't appreciate your next because you haven't reflected deeply enough and you haven't recounted all the things that God has done for you. This is something that happens in the text. If you look at the Old Testament, what happens in the book of Psalms is that they are recounting all the things that God has done. They are reflecting on all the ways God has met them. 
They are remembering all the things God brought them out of. Hmm. And as they reflect and sing, it builds in them a commemoration and a familiarity with the character of God. And the familiarity with the character of God enlarges their souls just enough so that when God pushes them forward into a place of prosperity, they are able to receive it well. Or when God just pushes them forward in their journey, they're able to acknowledge it, they're able to receive it, and they're able to embrace it. And so many of us, we are missing the opportunity for reflection. We're missing the opportunity for commemoration. We're missing the opportunity to go back and take stock and inventory of all the things God has done for you. I want you to, you know what? I want you to do this. Follow me in this church. Follow me in this. I want you to pull out your phone. I want you to go grab a sheet of paper. I want you to grab a notebook. I want you to pull open your laptop. Do something where you can start to recount all the things God has done for you in the past week. Go do it right now. I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to wait for you. But I want you to go and grab a pen and pad. This is nowhere in my nose. I have no idea what God is telling me to do this, but I'm going to be obedient. OK, we offer no resistance. Go grab your pad. Go grab your notes app. Go grab your laptop. Go grab your phone. And I want you to begin to physically out loud, say those things and write them down. Say them out loud and write them down. God, I thank you that I received that call in the moment that I needed it. God, I thank you that I was worried about something as it relates to my children and they ended up being okay. God, I thank you that the thing I was fretting about didn't happen this week. God, I thank you that the mistake that I was worried would undo me, I didn't get caught for. God, I thank you. I thank you that I got unexpected money right when I needed it. God, I thank you that I got more hours this week. God, I thank you that I was able to rest deeply. God, I thank you that I was able to sleep in. Come on, recount it right now. Do your job, recount it. Recount it, reflect, contemplate, commemorate. This is more than just simply gratitude. We are reflecting right now. Come on, take another minute. Take another minute and write down. There's more things than what you're thinking. There's more things than what you're thinking. Think about your times of fellowship. Think about your times where you were humbled. Think about the times where you had to take a step back. Think about the times you were getting ready to cuss that person out and something in you held you back. Write that down too. Think about the times you could have went off on your kids or your spouse or your brother or your sister or your parents and you did not do it. Come on, write it out from the young to the old. And here's what you do. I want you to keep this sheet of paper and I want you to begin to give God some thankful praise. I want you to be able to give God right now some gratitude praise, some gratitude adoration. Some gratitude, thanksgiving, some gratitude, thoughtfulness, some gratitude, lifting up your hands and exalting God for what God has allowed to happen in your lived experience. Come on, let's reflect in praise. Let's reflect in worship. Let's reflect in gratitude. Let's reflect because God has been good to us, church. I said God has been good to us, church. My God reflect right now, commemorate, lift up your hands and wave them and say, God, I thank you 
that you've done all this for me in a few days. In a few days, you've done this. I can't even contain in all the books in the world all the things that you have done for me. But if I had 10,000 tongues, it still wouldn't be enough to give you the praise that you're worthy of. Come on, give him praise right now. Give him praise. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. I can't believe this is happening. I'm going to keep going, okay? I'm going to keep going. As we think about this, we miss the opportunity to reflect. We miss the opportunity to commemorate. And it creates in us a conditioning or even a sense of familiarity with the miracle of the next. With the miracle of what God is doing. With the miracle of being chosen. Isn't that what happened to Saul? That as much talent and gift and anointing that he had, he began to lose the awe and the wonder of what God had done. The fact that God had chosen him to lead God's people. He began to lose the opportunity to commend and give gratitude and gratefulness and thanksgiving to God. And what happened? Saul began to slowly disobey and move away from God. He couldn't appreciate the next that he was in because he couldn't reflect. He couldn't pause and he lost his awe. And here's something that our church, I'm going to push us as hard as I possibly can push. I'm going to move us as hard as I possibly can move away from apathy, away from complacency, away from stagnation, away from feeling as though we are owed a next. Some of us have forgotten that God doesn't have to do it. This is why our souls are so are, are so calloused. This is why our spirits are so edgy. We're on edge with God because we're coming to God making easy, simple, very, very forceful demands. And we're saying, God, do this, do this, do this, do this. And why are you not doing it? Why are you not doing it in this time? And we forgetting, we are forgetting the fact that God doesn't have to do anything to us. He doesn't have to do anything for us. God doesn't have to move on our behalf in any of the ways that we ask or request. And so we must cultivate this idea that slowly but surely our souls are being enlarged. Slowly but surely our spirits are being expanded. Slowly but surely our minds are, are widening to be able to comprehend all that God is. I think about Ephesians chapter 3. And I love the fact that Paul is able to say that I pray that you will have the mind to be able to comprehend. With the fullness of all the saints, the breadth and width and depth and length of the love of God. That you would be able to comprehend, that you would be able to have an expansion of your imagination. To be able to comprehend how much God loves you and how much of a blessing it is for you to be loved by that God. And so, church, this is prophetic because this is, again, not in my notes. I have no idea why God is telling me to do this, but it is important. Church, I want us to be a dynamic place that is able to move when the spirit of God says move, that is able to turn when the spirit of God says turn. And let me tell you this, church, as you are entering into this transition, as we are going on this transition together, it is time to expand. 
it is time to broaden. It is time to enlarge. It is time to submit to the very difficult and often painful process of our soul getting bigger, of our expectation getting wider, of our anticipation growing deeper. I, I want you to say this right now. Type it in the comments if you can, if you can help it. Say, my soul is expanding. My soul is expanding. My soul is expanding. I want you to say it even if you don't believe it. My soul is opening up. My spirit is going to a new level to contain the thing that God has called for me to contain. And here's the, here's the thing. This is what happened. When our soul doesn't expand large enough, we enter into a new season with smaller hands than what we should. And we cannot contain what is new. We cannot contain what God has led us into. We cannot contain our precious next. And let me just say, church, may it not be said of all nations Pensacola as we transition into this new reality that we have small souls. You know, the most dangerous thing is not that we're a small congregation. If people say that about us, they can think whatever they want to think. I don't care. The most dangerous thing that could be said about us is not that we don't have a building. I could care less what people think. I truly mean that. <laughs> I could care less. People talk like I really think. They really think that I am sitting around wondering what they think. I do not care. Okay, trust me. Your pastor is unbothered and unbossed. I do not care. But let me tell you what I do care about. If they look at us and say, those people over there who worship God at All Nations Pensacola, one thing I can say about them, they got some small souls. They have some scarce spirits. They have some limited range of emotions. I don't know what it is about. They just got some small souls. What is a small soul? A small soul means that it's only preoccupied with what is best for you, not what is best for the body. A small soul prioritizes your preference above what God has called for the broader body to be matured into. The whole purpose of God giving us prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, Ephesians 4 tells us, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry so that we can grow into full maturity. So that we can walk in everything God has called for us to walk in, in full purpose. And so you have a small soul when your preferences take precedence over what God has called us all to mature into. And so when change happens, when we have small souls, we re recoil from the change. And we don't just recoil from the change, we refuse the change. Not because we don't believe it's what God desires, it messes with our preferences. We need souls broad and big enough to handle change. Here's another thing that we do. We don't just prioritize our preference, we also prioritize the people that we like. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the messenger. Sometimes the people that we don't like are the ones that God has called not just to speak to us, but lead us. 
And so when they're over us or when they're speaking to us or when they are exercising authority, we look down upon them because they're not the people I like. They're not the people. They're not my preference. What about this person? What about that person? What about my best friend? What about the person in my own house? As a matter of fact, what about me? And so here's what God is saying, that there are going to be some people that come into our church. There are going to be some people that lead. There are going to be some people that preach. There are going to be some people that exercise authority. And there are going to be some people that God gives supernatural influence under this roof and in this house that some of us will not have a preference for. But is your soul big enough to recognize that even if I don't see it, I need to trust that God has placed them in a in a spot, in a position. Not just for my good, but for God's glory. Can I take a step back and say they seem young or they seem old, but I'm going to trust the leaders. I'm going to trust what God has done. And and God, give me eyes to see what I can't see yet. A large soul, a big soul is able to acknowledge that. A big soul is able to go on that journey. And finally, not just our preferences, not just people, but small souls can't adjust to God's plans. When you have small souls, I promise you, this is not in my notes. Okay, I'm just this just. But when you have small souls, you cannot adjust to the plans of God, which are ever moving and dynamic. God is doing something supernatural in us, church. God is doing something transformative and transcendent in us, church. You can't have a small soul if you're going to step into all the things that God has prepared and planned for us before the foundation of the world. This isn't my plan. This is an OG Pastor Burns plan. It's not Pastor Malina's plan. It's not Pastor Diane's plan. It's none of our plans. None of us expected this. But here's what we know. We know that if we are going to walk in it, That God has to enlarge our souls to embrace the change, to embrace quick, to embrace fluid, to embrace the agile, to embrace the new and the different. And God is calling us, church, to expand our souls. God is calling us even deeper than that to submit to God's process for enlarging our souls to submit to God's process for expanding our spirits. I want big families in our church. Not big families by how many kids you have or even if you're married or not married. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about big in numerical number. I'm talking about big in soul and spirit expectation. I want big families. I want big people at our church. The people who have arms that are just naturally open wide. I love those people. Those people are exciting for me. Those are the people I prefer. Okay, God is working on my preference. Those are the people I prefer. The people who have their arms wide open. The people who say to the person who looks like they don't belong at our church because they came in wearing something different or with somebody that we don't approve them being with, I want some people that are able to say, oh, I love them already. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to wrap my arms around them. I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to welcome them into my circle. I'm going to invite them. 
big soul. We need a big soul church. Jesus, we need a big soul church. We need a big spirit, a large spirit church. We need an expanding expectation church. May it be so. May we not be small minded. May we not be stiff necked. May we not have scarce spirits and small souls. But may people be able to say, I may not be able to get down with them and how they rock and they pastor got locks and I don't understand it. But here's what I can say. They got some large souls and they welcome well. They follow Jesus. They're sensitive to the spirit. Can I speak to our young people? Can I speak to those who are Gen Z millennials? There's one thing that's going to change your life. If there's one thing that's going to alter your destiny and your future, it's allowing God to expand your soul. To not just make it healthy, but to make it deeper than you thought was possible. To say, God, I'm not going to get locked into a way of doing church. I'm not going to get locked into the fact that I'm around my parents or my grandparents or my brothers or my sisters or my aunts or my uncles. I'm not going to get locked into that. I'm going to get locked into the fact that I'm here to follow you. And as you expand my soul, I will offer no resistance. And I'll also allow you to shift my friendships, my allegiances, my ultimate plans. Some of you are going to be called to the ministry soon. Some of you are going to be called to do certain things that aren't ministry related, but that are uncomfortable for you. Some of you are going to change your major soon. Some of you are going to get up and move to another part of town soon. Some of you are going to accept a promotion or even a lateral move across the company that you didn't expect. Are you going to submit to the expansion of soul? Can I speak to the builders, the boomers, those who are older and seasoned in our midst? God desires for you not to give up on the project of your soul. Here's one thing I can say in the leadership meetings that I've had over the past month that I have been encouraged and uplifted and excited by how those who are older and seasoned in our church are embracing the enlarging season. They're embracing the expansion moment. They're embracing the widening and the deepening and the stretching and the growing. They're embracing it. I see you. I honor you. But I encourage you to be open to the fact that God is going to stretch you beyond the point of comfort. Are you going to allow God to stretch your soul, to expand your spirit? Church, this is a word straight from God because this is not what I wanted to talk about. I'm checking my time. I can't believe it's almost over. Listen. Will you partner with me in a soul expansion project? Will you say it again? My soul is enlarging. My soul is deepening. Can you type that out? My soul is getting bigger. I pray that we all submit to it. And it is of the deepest and most monumental consequence that we do. Our destinies, our futures, our legacies, and the future of this church depends on it. Perhaps the future of the people around us, perhaps even the future of the ones we love. And as you expand your soul, and as you widen your spirit, and as you open up your mind to, to expect and anticipate God to do things that don't even make sense to you, 
and things you might not even like, can I encourage you? You are stepping one step, giant step closer to being mature, to being sanctified, to being completed, to really walking in your purpose. Can you lift your hands right now? Come on, let's pause. Say, God, widen my soul, expand me, enlarge me, enlarge my spirit, enlarge my mind's capacity to believe, to see, to contain, to hold. Come on, say it out loud. God in heaven, I thank you that before the foundation of the world, you knew that we would be at this place in this moment. I thank you, God, that there is nothing that catches you off guard or by surprise. It caught us all by surprise. Nothing catches you by surprise. I pray right now, God, for every family, for every person, for every individual, for every person that is struggling with the concept that they're stepping into something that they cannot wrap their minds or their arms or their souls around. I pray that you'd expand their souls beyond, wider, that you enlargen their spirits, that you give their spirits abundance, not scarcity. I pray that you would open up their minds to new levels of expectation and anticipation. I pray, God, that there would be a movement into the next. I pray that as we move into the next, that we would not be bound by small, that we would not shrink, but we would expand. I pray for big families. I pray for welcoming people. I pray for open leaders. God, I pray for that we as people would be widened past the point of our comfort because that's how we know we're entering into maturity. Past the point of the moment with which we would say, no, that's too much because that's how we know you're doing a deep work in us. I thank you, God, that you are going to do it in this church. You are going to do it by your mighty power. All we need to do is say yes. Widen our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, before we end, um, again, this is completely off the map. <laughs> Thank you for going there with me. But before we end, before you leave, listen, let me tell you something that is extremely important. Please keep the Battles family in your prayers. Deacon uh, Greco Battles lost his mother a couple of days ago. And he and Deaconess uh, Teresa and also their daughter, Angela, are such blessings to us. Um, they are members of our family. They uh, came into our church and have gotten their hands dirty. They put their hands to the plow. They're constantly serving. They're constantly loving, constantly supporting, constantly praying. And let me tell you, they deserve our church coming alongside them and encouraging them in this moment. Um, so Battles family, we love you. We acknowledge this moment. We extend and offer our sympathies and condolences to you. But also we pledge to walk with you through this. There is grief. We recognize and know that there is a blessed hope that because their mother, mother-in-law, grandmother, great-grandmother was a believer, that there is blessed hope. But even beyond that, I pray, God, that there would be, I pray right now, God, that there would be this sense of grief, that grief would be able to come in proper ways, in a healthy way, that there would be the closing of gaps and loops, that there would even be the sense that there would be permission to get away, that there would be permission to heal, there would be permission to behold, that there would be permission for this to be a moment of, of transition and healthy shift for them. I pray that the family would come together. I pray for Deacon Greco that you would be the lifter of his head. I pray that you would wrap arms around about him, help him to know that when mother and father are gone, that God, you will fill gaps. But God, I pray also that there would not be a spirit of denial, but a spirit of 
humility in the sense, God, that they are able to submit to the change and they're able to go through the process of what that looks like. I pray, God, against any feelings of guilt or shame, or I shouldn't cry, or I should be strong. God, I pray that that armor would be released so that you can do the deep work of healing. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for bringing them to us. I thank you for all that they mean to us. I pray that we do good to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Reach out to the Battles family, please, and lift them up in this time. We love you so much. All right, church. Well, I'm getting ready to transition out. Listen, if you did not have the opportunity to give, you can do so in two easy ways. You can click the pinned comment up above where it says want to give or down below where it also says want to give. Or you can mail it in the old fashioned way. P.O. Box 6400, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. I pray that the Lord blesses you as you give into the kingdom. Once again, we're transitioning into all nations. If you want to join our launch team, if you're, a, if you're a leader, you're pretty much already on the launch team, whether you like it or not. <laughs> but if you want to join our launch team, you want to put your hands to the plow. Why don't you fill out the launch uh, application launch team form there? And you can also do this as well by filling out the interest form. That will keep you in the loop on all of our next events and everything that's going to be happening as we make this blessed shift and transition and continue to enlarge our souls. The church You never know what's going to happen here. You never know what God is going to do. But I love you so much. I pray that you see that God sees you and you know that God loves you. You know that we love you, too. I'll see you next week. Be blessed.